evening and happy Wednesday. This is Tamara, also known as a single mom of purpose. I am coming on to continue our book discussion on Destroying the Spirit of Rejection, Receive Love and Acceptance and Find Healing by John Eckhart. Okay, so I'm going to read the back of the book because I did not do that when I started before I did chapter one. So we're doing chapter two um, tonight. But let me give you what it says on the back of the book. Okay, it says, Break free from rejection and live in in an overflow of love, joy, fruitfulness, and blessing. Rejection is one of the most destructive demonic spirits. It wrecks havoc on your life, preventing you from experiencing the fullness and blessings of God. It leads to destructive behaviors such as people-pleasing, attention-seeking, perfectionism, anger, bitterness, hard-heartedness, pride, isolation, addiction to drugs or alcohol, and sexual promiscuity. And after the spirit does its damage, rejection inevitably leaves lives desolated and in ruins. In Destroying the Spirit of Rejection, best-selling author John Eckhart exposes this malice spirit so that you can learn how to be set free, restore the broken places in your life, and walk in the blessing and abundance of God by receiving the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that makes us accepted by God, applying spiritual strategies and saying renunification prayers, praying breakthrough prayers and declarations. No matter how much your life has been devastated, no matter how much desolation, ruin, pain, hurt, and rejection has come into your life, God is able to restore and heal you. Okay, so last um, chapter was chapter one. Okay, so that in chapter one, we found out how rejection enters our life. Okay, so for chapter two, it speaks on being rejected by God. Okay, and the scripture that it starts out with is Hosea 4, 6. And it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I wanted to read like the whole chapter two to y'all because this, I'm telling you, it just gets better and better as the chapters go on. But I've highlighted some areas that I'm going to share. And it's going to seem like a lot, but it's something that I wanted to share so that information is out there if you haven't read the book, okay? So let's dive right in. It says, so far, we've discussed rejection that occurs when someone has been rejected by another person, such as a parent or they've grown up in a bad situation. We've looked at how sexual abuse can lead to a spirit of rejection, causing a person to have difficulties with relationships. We've also discussed self-rejection, fear of rejection, guilt, shame, pride, and many other demonic spirits that enter as a result of rejection. Ultimately, these spirits form a basis for double-mindedness and instability. In this chapter, I am going to deal with rejection from a different angle than what is usually taught. I want to take a look at divine rejection, the fact that God rejects people and lifestyles. The reason I want to deal with this is because we've begun to believe that God never rejects anyone, that God is love, and that he forgives us no matter what we've done. And this is true, but we sometimes forget that God is also holy and his standard is holiness. As people of God, we shall want to remain in a place which we are pleasing to God and growing in his knowledge. We don't want to get on a path of disobedience and rebellion like the people of Israel which will ultimately lead to destruction and desolation. Therefore, we need to understand that God does have a standard, and as his covenant people, we should be moving in the direction of being holy as he is holy. Everything that happens in life is not holy and acceptable to God. Even in the light of this revelation, I must also point out Jesus' words in John 6, 37. The one who comes to me, I will be I will by no means cast out. So we can be confident that he will never reject anyone who repents and comes to God in faith. 
Jesus tells us, come to me, all who labor in our heavenly burden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. God encourages people. He is no respecter of persons. He doesn't reject people based on their color, culture, or gender. God is love, and he will never reject anyone who comes to him in faith, love, and repentance. But there are some behaviors and lifestyles that God cannot receive or accept. If we choose to remain in him, God will release us out of his care and into the lifestyle we've chosen. So in essence, as I will point out, we are first rejecting God. Okay. And then we're going into where it's going to give some biblical references of where people of God have been rejected. Okay. Starting out, it says in Genesis 3, we see that Adam, the first man God created, was rejected by God for disobeying his commandment to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam ate of the tree and was cast out of the Garden of Eden as a result. Next up is Cain, who offered a sacrifice the Lord rejected. Instead of correcting his mistake, Cain became jealous of his brother Abel because God accepted Abel's sacrifice. Fully manifesting, manifesting, if I can speak, manifesting a spirit of rejection. Cain allowed anger and bitterness to drive him to kill Abel. And if you want to read up on that, that's going to be in Genesis 4, 3 through 10. Okay. Because Abraham and Sarah did not want to wait for God's promise to be fulfilled, they took matters into their own hands. Their actions led to a whole people group being rejected generation after generation. We talked about the Ishmaelites, social societal rejection briefly in the last chapter. Ishmael, conceived out of an unwillingness to wait on God, was also rejected by God. That's in Genesis 21, 8 through 21. Abraham and Sarah had tried to help God by using Sarah's maid, Hagar, as a surrogate. That's in Genesis 16, 1 through 4. But this was not God's plan and he did not need their help. Therefore, excuse me, Ishmael was rejected by the promised son. Well, Ishmael, he was rejected as the promised son. Understand that it wasn't that God didn't love Ishmael because he did, just as he loves us all. It was simply the fact that Ishmael was not the one who God promised to Abraham. Okay, and it goes into 1 Samuel 15, 17, provides an example of another person who experienced divine rejection. When you were little in your own sight, were you not made the head of tribes of Israel? In this verse, the prophet Samuel is reminding Saul of who he was before he became king of Israel. Saul entered the scene predisposed of the spirits of self-rejection, inferiority and insecurity initially God chose and anointed him to be the first king of Israel but throughout Saul's rule the spirit of rejection and other strongholds began to manifest more and more he became rebellious and disobedient choosing to seek his own way ahead of God's he refused to submit himself to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit through the prophet Samuel this arrogance and pride led him to be rejected by God as king of Israel okay and it shares 1 Samuel 15 23 behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord he also has rejected you from being king So this is the thing, when we are obedient to God, we are placing ourselves in a position to be rejected by him. Okay? Through divine rejection, open up Saul's life to demons of paranoia, paranoia, suspicion, a murderous spirit, witchcraft, and suicide. We must also understand that it was Saul who first rejected God. Of course, God's intention was not to get back at Saul, but there were certain commandments, I'm sorry, certain commands 
and instructions through which God wanted to bless and prosper Saul and the people of Israel. Saul's determination to go against what God directed him to do set him on a path of destruction. He forfeited a blessing, protection, and victory over the enemy that obedience and submission to God bring. The story of Saul's, Saul's rejection demonstrates how demons of rejection can completely ruin a person's whole life. When we don't listen to God, when we don't obey his word, our life may not go the way we want it to go. If we take the wrong road, if we deal with the wrong people, if we just do the wrong things. And it's like, I don't think people think about it, especially in this in the moment. You know, we don't think about everything that we're doing. At least not some of us don't. And then some of us think, oh, because God is always loving, he's not going to leave us nor forsake us, that we can do whatever we want, and he's still going to bless us and prosper us. But you see here that that's not the case. Saul was rejected. Cain was rejected. Adam was rejected. So we just can't do whatever we want. We can't not obey. Okay, so it says rejecting the knowledge of God opens the door to destruction. Okay, let's see, because I picked out some areas in here that I was going to share. I don't want to share everything, but it's like I almost highlighted everything because it was a lot of stuff, and I'm like, I didn't leave anything out. But let's see, so it makes a reference to Hosea 4, 6 again, and it says this verse defines the curse of rejection also known as a demon of rejection. This curse or demonic spirit is not just about being turned down or rejected by someone one day. The demon of rejection that enters as a result of refusing the knowledge of God is about your whole life being characterized by the manifestations of this demon, which will explore, which we will explore in later chapters. Though all of us have been rejected in one way or another, there is a deeper infiltration of the spirit, curse, or demon of rejection that destroys lives and causes one to reject God. But there is deliverance and there is forgiveness. And I'm glad that he put that in it because it's like, can I get free of this? Okay, it's like not something I really want to deal with, but if it's there, how do I get rid of it? Is there... Can I get delivered from it? Can I get forgiveness of it? Because sometimes we do things that we don't even know what we're doing. You know, especially if you're a new uh, person coming into uh, Christianity. Okay, if you are a new believer. I know when I was, I didn't know everything. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? What I don't do? What can I say? What can I not say? That's why it's good to get into a uh, Bible teaching church that they teach the bible um that you read books you know because yes we can read the bible but there's some great authors out there like john eckhart he is um awesome most of his books um is going to deal with you know spiritual aspects he talks a lot about spiritual warfare and things like that um prayers um endless books on prayers but yeah, but you want to be, you want to educate yourself. You want to get that knowledge, okay? So you understand as a, a believer what it is that we're supposed to do and not do. Okay, so let me go ahead and continue. It says, however, God, did not, God cannot accept you when you are living in a deliberate opposition to his ways, okay? He will reject you if you reject deliverance, his word, and the leading of his spirit. We are living in a time when hardly any of us can say we have not been introduced to the knowledge of God. There may be remote groups of people who have never known the God of the Bible, but most of us have, in one way or another, been presented with an opportunity to receive the truth of God, deliverance, and healing. So if we choose to go another way, and our minds are fixed on living out that choice, God says, I will reject you. Okay? 
The spirit of rejection comes into our lives as a result of our rejection of God and then by his rejection of us. If we want to experience victory, blessing, and protection from God, and even acceptance, because we, we always will have his love, it is important for us to repent and accept his truth. We need to be humbly open and submit to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay, so now we're moving into this subtitle. It says, Rejecting God Leads to a Reprobate Mind. And this word is used a lot in this section here. I didn't know what the word meant. So I said, okay, you know what? Let me look up this word in the dictionary. So let me get this up here really quickly. Reprobate. And I'm looking it up for, from the dictionary.com. And it says, a deprived, unprincipled, or wicked person. A person rejected by God and beyond hope of salvation, morally depraved, unprincipled, bad, rejected by God and beyond hope of salvation, to disapprove, condemn, or censor, of God to reject a person as for sin, exclude from the number of the elect or, or from salvation. Okay. So then it gives us this definition that, I mean, sorry, this uh, scripture that comes out of Romans 1, 12, 28. And when, as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate, reprobate mind. So it's R-E-P-R-O-B-A-T-E, mind, to do those things which are not convenient, and that also means proper, and again, that's Romans 1, 28. Continual rejection of God and his ways will cause your mind to be given over to a place of evil and confused rationalization that will lead you to destruction. This is what we saw with Saul. As we come into the understanding of Romans 1, 28, we can discern that as a result of divine rejection, Saul was given over to a reprobate mind. The word reprobate means rejected as worthless, morally corrupt. It speaks of a person whose very mindset, rationalizations, and thinking processes have been rejected by God. We will find a whole kingdom of, of demons in Romans 1, 29-31 that characterize a reprobate mind, unrighteousness, sexual immortality, wickedness, covetousness, malicenessness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boisterous, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful. It may be hard to believe that individuals who once walked with God can come to a place where demons take over and wreak havoc in their lives, causing them utter devastation and destruction. But this is a place any of us could end up when we reject, when God rejects us and we are given over to a reprobate mind. We may not hear this preach from the pulpit in our churches today. But the Bible provides a picture of divine rejection that cannot be redisputed. From Cain to Saul, and even the children of Israel, God reveals that he has set a standard for living that we will accept, that he will accept, excuse me. The guidelines he has provided do not br bring harm. They are meant for our prosperity and blessing. But when we disobey his commandments, we are not blessed and protected, and we cannot experience victory over the enemy. When this hedge of protection, his acceptance, is removed, we are exposed and vulnerable. Not only is the hedge of protection removed, but also we will experience the same rejection as the children of Israel experienced. They were put out of, out of the promised land and led as captives to Babylon. God even rejected the priest Eli because he could not correct his sons. Eli was rejected and the priesthood was taken from him. And that is in 1 Samuel 2, 
12 through 4 18 god will not allow just anything any behavior any kind of regard toward him to go on without consequences there are conditions to experience in his blessing and favor and i don't think a lot of people understand that especially in the church sad to say but a lot of people think just because they come to church on Sunday or they go to Bible study on Wednesday nights that they are just automatically going to heaven. They're automatically saved and they're automatically blessed and highly favored and they can do whatever they want. They can say whatever they want just because they're a normal attendee at church. And it's like, we still have to live by the Bible. We still have to get that knowledge and understanding. We still have to know that we have to be obedient. We still have to know that we can come to church, go to Bible study, and still be, be rejected by God. Okay? We have to understand that. It's like... It's like people just think that just because they say they're a Christian that it's just automatic they get all of this uh, blessings and favor and they get a key to heaven it's like you still have to do things you still have to be obedient you still have to follow his commands we still have to do that stuff okay um let's see let's see let's see let's see Okay, let's move on. And this is another section that says you can't live any way you want and be accepted. You can't. Okay, so let's continue. Somehow we have taken the fact that God is love to mean that God has no standard for his people. Of course you can come to him as you are. But the way that you experience his fullness is by coming to him humbly and submitted expecting to exchange your ways for his we come to god through jesus and receive the gift of salvation then the holy spirit begins the work of delivering us and setting us free transforming us into his likeness people think god just accepts everything and everybody they think they can do anything and God will still accept them. Basically, they are believing that he will accept unrighteousness, sexual immortality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, envy, murder, strife, deceit, gossip, slander, violence, anger, pride, boasting, and disobedience. It points out Romans 1, 29 through 30. However, those within the church who believe in an all-accepting God may quickly reject these things and say, that's not what I meant, but isn't it? We can be so mushy, gushy with the love of God that we never feel that any behavior should be condemned or dealt with. We become so tolerant of everything because God is love that we never, ever judge. Even I find myself hating to use the word judge, but Jesus did say, judge with righteous judgment. And that's in John 7, 28. So there are some things we can, there are some things we do have to judge. If there are two individuals in a church who are engaging in sexual sin, that behavior has to be judged by the leaders of the church. As a leader especially, you cannot allow people to live ungodly lifestyles if you know about it. You are responsible for helping them along in their relationship with God and other people. The Apostle Paul was quick to deal with ungodly behavior and teaching, not only because of the influence both have on the person, but also because of what they can do to the body of Christ. 
takes us to 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 7. It is actually reported that there is sexual immortality among you, and such immortality as it is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, but you are arrogant. Instead, you should have mourned so that he was done so that he who has done this deed might be removed from among you. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch? Therefore purge out the old yeast that you, that you may be a new batch since you are unleavened. Okay? And that even um, references or takes us to being unequally yoked how can we how can you how can i be around others if we are trying to live a better life how can we be around others who are not and some people take offense to it some people don't want to excuse me don't want to leave their friends don't want to leave their family but if this is a thing if you're trying to do better why would you still be hanging around the same people who are still in that same situation that you're trying to get out of? They're just going to pull you back in. Okay? You're going, your mind is going to wander. You're going to want to hang out with them. Oh, we going over here to drink. You know you are a recovering alcoholic. How are you going to go over there and drink with them? So, it's like, you know, how are you trying to change or do you want to stay around the same people, the same environment? Hopefully that makes sense. Okay. So, so it says here, Paul is talking not only about the sin, but also how the church dealt with the sin that was made known to them. The sin that was committed out in the open. The church leaders let it go and did not judge it. They did not seek to correct it, nor did they seek to bring the person to deliverance, counseling, prayer and restoration they just let the behaviors that god himself rejects dwell among them okay and it points out two other scriptures which i'll provide is mark 4:22, luke 8:17. okay and then it goes to did i just read that one no this is a different one okay first first corinthians 5 9 through 10 and 13. I wrote to you in my letter not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet, I did not mean the sexually immoral people of this world or the covetous and extortioners or the idolaters. Since you would, then would then need to go out of the world. But God judges, judges those who are outside. Therefore, put away from amongst yourselves that wicked person. So, what I'm getting from this is if you do find out that there are people within the church, okay, that are doing something that is against what God says, inside you're supposed to deal with it. If I'm getting that, if I'm understanding that correctly. Because this is the thing, if you're within the kingdom of God, okay, you're supposed to be working towards change, deliverance, healing, forgiveness, okay? Being renewed. So you're there for you're there to change. So while you're there, if there's something that comes up, you're supposed to be able to get help for that whatever that issue is. It's not supposed to be looked over. It's not supposed to be ignored. Because how can you ignore something and not speak up on something that's clearly against what you're supposed to be preaching and teaching on? So you have to bring light to the situation and deal with it the correct way. You can't be sweeping things under the carpet and letting things go down, go, go any way they want to. Because how are people coming to change? How are people getting delivered? And you're supposed to be in the church. You're supposed to be being led by God, being led by the Holy Spirit. So how can you not speak up on stuff that the Bible clearly talks about and you're just letting it slide? Okay? So, let me, I have, well, yeah, still got a lot more to go, so let's continue here. It said, Paul makes it 
clear that judgment of those who are not in the kingdom is for God. But within the kingdom, there is a standard. This is why I believe so strongly in the prophetic anointing. Prophets will have a discernment and an anointing to see and call out things happening in the church that are not of God. Prophetic churches are where the standard of the Lord is held high. Even though there are some people who will actually intimidate you into thinking you cannot say anything corrective to them about their lifestyle choices. If they are honest, they know life does not work that way. When you grow up and learn more about life, you begin to understand that someone will always be there to judge your actions. If you commit a crime, law enforcement will come and arrest you. You will be persecuted. There is a judge before whom you will stand. And you can't stand before him and say, well, the Bible says judge not. You can't live a lifestyle of crime, breaking laws, and becoming a danger to society and not expect for someone to judge you. Okay. The kingdom of God is a holy, set-apart society with checks and balances in place that prevent us from putting a risk, putting at risk our chances of living in the fullness and the glory and the presence of God. Therefore, just as there are certain things we can't do as we live in an earthly society with other people, there are things we cannot do as kingdom citizens. Although the kingdom of God and earthly societies may differ in what is acceptable, our actions will be judged in both places, and some of them will be rejected. Okay, moving into another section, still within chapter 2, and we're almost done. It says, God will always, always reject disobedience. Okay? The scripture I'm going to read is 1 Samuel 13, 9, 4. Then he offered the burnt offering. When he finished offering the burnt offering, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him, to greet him. Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come to the appointed assembly days, and the Philistines are gathering themselves together at Michmash. Therefore I said, The Philistines or Philistines will come down upon me to Gilgal, and I have not appeased the face of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. Truly know the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom will not continue. Again, that's 1 Samuel 13, 9 through 14. We do this far too frequently today. We try to modify God's standards to match what we want to do. Then we try to present it to him as it should be acceptable. This was Cain's sin. But in every circumstance, God will reject disobedience. And if we insist on remaining in disobedience, it can result in being rejected by God. God does not want to sacrifice. He wants obedience. You can bring a sacrifice of praise into the sanctuary and worship harder than anybody else. Run around the church, speak in tongues, lay hands on the sick, and even prophesy. Saul prophesied after he had been rejected as king in 1 Samuel 19, 23-24, and still be rejected by God. Being obedient to God is what shows you receive his word in your life. Obedience is what shows you love shows you love God. Loving God is one of the greatest commandments we can keep. Obedience also shows our faith in God. There are those today who simply do not believe in God or his word and they are pushing for lifestyles that prove their disbelief. As believers, we should take no part in any lifestyle that demonstrates a rejection of the knowledge of God and His ways. Of course, when we first receive salvation, we may not know all there is to know about God. 
and what he wants from his people. But as we grow in the knowledge of God, our behavior should mature and transform. Deliverance ministry allows us to clean out all of the trash and rubbish left by the enemy and allows us to build and sustain godly lifestyles. Lust, rejection, hatred, anger, bitterness, and resentment do not have rule, do not have to rule our minds and our spirits. We are no longer slaves to sin. No matter what is going on in the world, we can choose to live lives according to the standard of God and be blessed forever and accepted by God. We were all once rejected and separated from God, but because of Jesus, that is not the end of the story. As we move into this next chapter, begin to pray and ask God to show you how the spirit of rejection is controlling your life and what areas in your life need to be closed off to the enemy. We are going to look at how rejection, whether from others, God, or ourselves, sets up a kingdom in our lives. And we are going to develop a strategy to destroy the spirit for good. Okay, so that's speaking of chapter 3. And I will be back sometime this week to do that. And I'm telling you, this one is deep. It's deep. Um, But yeah, so that was chapter 2. And I wanted to read this again, this little section right here, because it goes back to what I said. You can go to church seven days a week, okay? Seven days a week. You can hoop, you can holler, okay? You can lay on hands, you can prophesy, you can do all of that. But if you are being disobedient to God, he will still reject you, okay? So let me read this out of the book again. God does not want a sacrifice he wants obedience you can bring a sacrifice of praise into the sanctuary and worship harder than anybody else i've seen people do it okay you can run around the church i've seen people do it you can speak in tongues okay you can lay hands on the sick and even prophesy and still be rejected by god okay Your life has to match up with your walk. Your life has to match up with your walk. Okay? Your life has to match up with your talk. God sees everything. This is what I don't get. People think they can do whatever they want. Not knowing or just forgetting that God sees. He knows Okay, he knows what you're doing. He's no, he knows what you've said. How do you think you're pulling the wool over his eyes? How do you think you're just gonna change it up? You saw what, what Saul tried to do. He tried to force a situation. And I've read um just as recently, I just I read first Samuel whole book, second Samuel whole book. And he just kept showing out. He did just did not want to be to be obedient. He thought because I've been um what's the word? I'm sorry. Just because he was appointed as king, and he was also said to be a prophet. He thought because he had that, because he's been assigned to that, because he was given that, that he could just change up and do whatever he wanted to do. He had to find out the hard way. That's not how it works. If God gives you, gives you specific instructions, you are to obey those instructions. Okay? If you're a new believer and you're just coming into the kingdom of God. It's understandable you're not going to do everything, do, to know everything. But as you go to church, as you read your Bible for yourself, because so many people don't read the Bible for themselves. They wait for Sunday for their, their pastors to get up there and read a, a one little scripture. Okay? They give you one little scripture. 
That's what we have to study for ourselves. When you go to church on Sundays, you get that one scripture, write the scripture down. When you go home, read that whole chapter, read that whole book. Get your understanding, get more understanding, get more knowledge. Just don't wait for Sunday, just don't wait for Wednesday. You have to get this for yourself. You can't wait for anybody to give it to you. Because everybody is not doing this for God. I have to be honest. Everybody is not in the pulpit for God. Everyone in that pulpit does not care about the people in them shoes. And I'm just going to be honest with you. They don't. So you need to get some stuff for yourself. Don't wait for anybody to give it to you. Then don't have to be no fancy Bible. You can go in a dollar store and get you a Bible. You have to get this for yourself. You have to. Your life depends on it. If you are saying you're a Christian, you're a child of God, you have to get the knowledge for yourself. And that's one of the reasons I come out here why I started this podcast. Because I want to get the knowledge out there. Because I, I had to get it for myself. I went to church. Faithfully went. But I wanted more. It's like, okay, I, I'm there on Sunday to give you that one little bit of scripture. Okay, let me see what else is in this chapter. Let me see where this is leading to. You got to study to show yourself approved. And that's in the Bible. Okay. And yes, we can go out and get other books that are going to be spiritual books, Christian books, to help us to get more understanding. Because some of these, um, uh, what's the word? Versions of the Bible. (laughs) Like King James. Oh, those, those words be getting me sometimes. So you can get different versions. Get the one that's going to help you understand it better. I like the New King James Version. I like the NIV Version. Um, I like the Amplified. I like the Message Bible. Okay? So there's different versions out there that's going to help you. Get your understanding. Get your knowledge. Okay? So you have to get delivered for yourself. Every every church is not a deliverance church. They're just not. Now, I've been to a few churches. Some churches don't believe in that. It's in the Bible, but some churches don't believe in that. Some churches don't believe in a five-fold ministry. Who, what's the five-fold ministry? Some churches don't believe in that. Apostles, prophets, evangelists teachers I think pastors I used to know it but yeah it's fivefold okay some churches don't they don't have apostles they don't have prophets they don't believe in them like okay there's it's five that God appointed over the church or within the church but you only believe in the evangelist the teacher and the pastor really why not the prophet and the apostle Some people don't like to have that conversation with me, so I don't know. (laughs) But this is the thing. you got to get this knowledge for yourself, okay? Because everybody's not going to let you in on stuff. And it's like you have to be around the right people. Because I did not even know that there was a such thing as a spirit of rejection. I know I've been rejected. I didn't know it came with all these hidden layers attached to it. I know I didn't feel good when I rejected. I know I would uh, show out. You know, because especially if you are um, in a relationship, for instance. You're in a relationship. And, you know, you are giving and that other person is taking... And then they're rejecting you on top of that? Look, you will show out too. (laughs) And then it's like, then they reject you. And then um, 
oh what's the word what's the word what's the word they reject you and then they uh, talk down on you or make you feel bad like you've done something wrong when actually you haven't even did anything wrong you know they're rejecting you out of for whatever reason you know and then it's like they don't know or they don't even care to know that you know there's a history behind this and you you've been dealing with all this other stuff you don't know what it's called you don't know what it's tied to you know and it's like some people don't care to know they just they hurt you and want you to deal with it on your own so i'm glad that someone took out the time to tell me about this so i can tell y'all about this okay that's one thing about me if i know about something if i find out about something if i know it's going to help me i want to help others so that's why I would take out the time to come on here and read most of these chapters to you guys with, you know, doing this book review. I don't mind doing this because I want to help other people. You know, and this book is helping me as I go through Because I told you before, I jumped around in here. I didn't read the whole book like I should have. I didn't read it from, you know, chapter one to chapter 12. I jumped around. So, as I'm doing this with you guys, you know, um, it's like I'm doing it all over again for myself as well. You know, because my end goal is to get delivered from this. And prayerfully, you'll get delivered from this as well. You know, we get some forgiveness. We can forgive ourselves. Because when we're rejected, we know we have to deal with that. We may um, lash out. So we have to, there's forgiveness on both sides. Um, but first you have to figure it out. You have to um, put a name to it. You have to dig deep. You know, so you can get all of it out. It's not going to be a fun process. But it's going to be something that's going to help you in the long run. Help me in the long run. And, you know, we don't want to look at ourselves sometimes. You know, a lot of people like to blame others. You know, it's like when something happens, they don't want to take any responsibility for their action, for how they've hurt someone. They would rather put it off of that person. So you're already dealing with the rejection. And then you're dealing with um, the other party or the other side of it you know saying that you are at fault for everything the whole situation is you that's a lot for one person to deal with so let's continue to get through this book and figure our stuff out and get our lives back okay so it made um note of prayers in the back so there's a prayer that i read here earlier I'm going to read and then I'm going to be ending this podcast, okay? So it's a prayer for restoration. I believe you, God, for total restoration in my life. Excuse me. Lord, you know every part of my life. You know every breach, every wall, and every gate. Lord, you know the condition of my walls and gates. I ask you now to restore any breaches in any area of my life. Any area that an enemy has access to, let it be closed, let it be repaired, and let it be restored. Lord, I pray that any rubbish in my life will be removed. I open my life up to the Holy Spirit, my comforter, my builder, and my helper. I pray for complete restoration of every wall and every gate in my life. In the name of Jesus, let every gate of my mind and my emotions be healed and restored. Thank you, Lord, for repairing my life. I pray for any desolation in my life for my past to be restored and to be healed I want to be made whole Father I want to be delivered set free and made whole I believe that the Holy Spirit is working in my life I thank you for the word of the Lord I will receive it, I will hear it, I will walk in it thank you Lord for your presence and your glory I will rejoice and enjoy your presence and your glory Lord I thank you for giving me life and that more abundantly Thank you, Lord, that every wall and every gate in my life is being restored through the Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, guys, so that has been chapter two. Again, this is in the book of a 
and John Eckhart, destroying the spirit of rejection, receive love and acceptance and find healing. We have to get healed. We have to. We have to. Um, okay, so I will be coming back on sometime this week to continue going into chapter three. Um, I want to thank you guys again for listening. I hope this is helping you. Um, it's helping me doing it for you guys. Um, I want us to get free from this this spirit. You know, being rejected is not easy. It's not fun. Nobody wants to be rejected. You know, but if there's a way to break free from this, um, definitely want to be a part of that. Okay, so again, um, thank you for listening to my podcast. Thank you for um, um, just thank you for your um, oh, I can't think of the word. I'm sorry, I can't think of the word. But thank you for just listening and um, just coming on and just being uh, consistent. Um, again, I hope this is helping somebody. I really do. You know, because we don't want to have any bad spirits. You know, there's good spirits, but we want to get rid of these bad spirits that are in our lives, okay? So again, this is a single mom of purpose I'm on Instagram. My website is www.tamaramccarthyenterprises.com. You can see my books on there. All my books are available on Amazon. I have a Facebook group called Kingdom Gals. If you're not in it already, then you're welcome to come and join us. Um, and again, this is going to be um, this is going to be interesting it's going to be interesting but also a healing process and as we go along you know the conversations probably will change but um, it's all to get free from whatever is trying to hold us back and keep us from moving forward so we're just going to continue to push on continue to march on and one day we'll be free of this okay so i will be talking to you guys shortly have a good evening